Yes, you read that right. Uh, that is our message to you. We want you to keep calm and advent on. Got to keep looking to that second coming of Jesus. You got to keep, keep looking to the second coming. That's what we, that's what we want to make sure all of you are keeping in mind. Uh, we want to welcome every single one of you that are joining us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that intro video. Um, sure took me way too long to do. Andrew, Jason, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was way too long. Um, I like and, it though. I like, like it. It's really yeah, good. It's, it's only like two minutes anyways, but but for whatever reason, it just, you know, I, I just don't, I don't have that skill set. Hey brother, uh, I, I, I just got to say with that intense intro, I don't know if I'm ready for the conversation today. That's the I don't whole know, point. That's, that's the Dude. That's the whole, that's the whole point. We're trying, we're trying to get the message before we even speak. So, um, <laughs> we want to welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for joining our YouTube uh, live on behalf of my church, obviously inland Spanish, which we are using their channel to do. Um, and, uh, also for joining, uh, these conversations, conversations with jam, Jason, Andrew, and me, uh, if you don't know me, pastor Mitch. And, um, and today we actually have a, uh, a guest. We have a guest. Uh, finally, we yes, talked about I know. this for a while, but you, you know what happened? We, we just need a little extra help for this topic. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Honestly. We need a little extra help for this topic. Um, and, uh, and, you know, again, we're happy that all of you can join us before we introduce our guests, by the way, uh, I just want to make sure, uh, if you are live and you're watching us at this moment, just make sure that, you know, you send us uh, a message here. We got already Elias as usual. First one, he's always got that first happy Sabbath coming in. So, uh, Elias, shout out to you. Uh, we got Lucellis. I think you may know her, Andrew, uh, hey. Genesis. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like we have to give a prize out for, for, for people that are showing up <laughs> first. I mean, uh, Elias keeps coming in first, man. I don't know what to offer him. The only thing we can offer him is what is what we can't I, I, offer him salvation, bro. He has to, he has to answer to that call on his own. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, we can't, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about if it. we ever somehow manage and we make merch, Elias, you're going to be the first one that gets a t-shirt. <laughs> We're going to send him a t-shirt that says, keep calm and advent on. That's what we're going to send him. Exactly. Um, but anyways, Genesis, by the way, Genesis does a great job in the media department of our church. So I just want to make sure we gave her thanks uh, for everything that she does. Uh, we got end days disciple, which I believe that is Paul, if I'm not mistaken. I think I'm mm -hmm. getting uh, the the YouTube uh, handles now. Uh, Michelle, uh, that is uh, uh, my sister in law, Michelle. Uh, Andrew, your sister in law, Michelle, as well. So I'm glad she's joined us. Jaylene, uh, Cindy, everyone, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. Now, um, we want to jump into this, but we first, but first, we want to make sure we give a welcome to our guest today. And some of you know him. I think most of you know him. We're excited to have him here. Uh, today we have um, my good friend, my good old friend, because we go way back, uh, about 20 years, uh, Pastor Giovanni Esposito. I just know him as Gio. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Gio, all know him for some Gio. reason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if for some reason Gio just comes out and I forget the pastor, it is what it is, brothers, just we go back. So uh, Gio, come on on. And, and look, yeah, there he is. Um, looking fresh as ever out in New York. Uh, Gio, just in case somebody doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, Everybody just calls me Gio, so don't feel bad. Even even here, uh, uh, it's either just Gio or Pastor Gio, so it's it, it's all right, man. Don't worry about it. But my full name is uh, Pastor well, Giovanni Esposito. My pastor is not part of my my name; it's just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but but my full name is Giovanni Esposito, and we are pastoring uh, here in uh, Union Springs, uh, New York, in upstate New York, to be exact. Mm. Okay. Uh, we pastor two churches here, Auburn and Union Springs, uh, and we have two schools in which we are chaplains and, and work hand in hand with the administration there, the Union Springs Academy and Frontenac Academy. And uh, we're blessed, we're, we're busy, but we're blessed. Mm, and and it's a great honor to be here with you guys. 
And also, you know, my family sends their, their, their greetings to everybody out there in California. And we shouldn't really miss the weather. Uh, <laughs> today was actually the first day that hit 75 degrees today. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, if not, I would have been wearing a sweater and everything. But, you know, yeah. now I get to wear the polo and nice and relaxed. Well, well, no, you look, you look relaxed. You look relaxed. By the way, um, if, for those of you who do not know, you got to check out Geo's Facebook, um, Auburn SDA, Union Springs SDA Church, uh, yeah. Black Sheep Productions. He's involved in all these things. Right now, you were working on uh, Proyecto Logos, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, um, uh, Proyecto Logos is a, 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 something we started with uh, some of the you know, colleagues and pastor friends that we had there in, in the university in Antillian, in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And we decided to come together. We've always wanted to come together, but there's always planes involved and money and time and with this whole situation it seems as everybody is just like coming together just as we are now right right uh, you know so you know it, the situation brings its blessings and and it was it was a really intense week of prayer uh, um, uh, it was a lot of process involved and everything, sure, sure. but it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Sure, sure. Yeah, you got to check out his material. By the way, look, I, we're all in quarantine right now. You know you got time. If you're watching us, you know you got time right now because you have no choice but to be at home. You know, instead of doing the whole Netflix and watching and, and, and streaming and, and binge watching, how about you binge watch some of the stuff Geo has going on, some of the stuff my church has going on, some of the stuff a bunch of people have going on because you can do that. And you can always binge watch our streams as well, right? These Zoom conversations with Jam. So, uh, but but Gio, once again, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, and and we want to jump straight into this. It, what's what's yeah. that terminology again? I'm sorry. Binge. Oh. Yeah, binge watch. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just learned that about an hour ago. That's because I was right. connected to the university <laughs> with the English church, and they were binge right. watching. I was just like, what does that mean? Right. And then I just heard you say, right, I'm, I'm, I'm old, man. Hey, no, uh, no. You know, I thought I was old, brother. I'm old, man. I <laughs> oh. don't know what to do with that, man. I'm sorry. I'm it's, just it's, kidding. I, I think it's a good thing you don't know what binge watching is. It's like a, it's like a rabbit hole. Um, Alice in Wonderland style. You just go in and you never get out of those TV shows. Don't do it. It's don't like when you go, it. it's like when you go on YouTube and you just go on related video after related video and <laughs> it never ends. It's true. And, and it's just one of those, uh. Um, <laughs> one of those never ending watching cycles, probably don't do anything. You learn new. something new every day. You learn something. Hey, look new at that. I hear you. Uh, well, look, we want to jump into the conversation. And, um, for that, uh, uh, as you all know, our conversation today is titled God of the old versus God of the new. Um, but before we begin, we're going to start with the word of prayer. So, uh, Andrew want to lead us in, in this word of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord and heavenly father, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, we just want to ask that, um, Uh, As we dive into this uh, discussion, this conversation, Lord, um, that you would be with each and every one of us, Lord, and to our hearers as well, Lord. Uh, We know that this is a a tough subject, Lord. Anything that involves your character um, uh, is something that uh, that is a very touchy subject, Lord. And um, we just ask that your Holy Spirit may work through us, Lord, that we may uh, be given knowledge from above and and wisdom, Lord, to be able to tackle this subject today. Uh, We thank you for your Sabbath today. And uh, we just ask that you may continue to reach people through this platform. I ask this in your name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Andrew. Well, look, we want to we want to begin, and um, I I want to read a quote to you guys. But before I read this quote to you guys, because uh, it's one of the most craziest quotes about God, all right, by one of the most foremost atheists. But before we do this, I, I wanted to see if we could just begin with a, just a simple baseline question, which is why is it important? 
to talk about or to learn about or to discuss God's character. Uh, because at, 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 the, um, at the base of this, right, this is what it's all about. So before we even start talking about God, why is this topic important? And I think we should just uh, let our guests begin um, uh, and, and start us off here. So Gio, why do, you, why do you think it's important for us to talk about God's character? Um, it's the very essence of what it means for us to be a Christian is, is who's this person we're following uh, more than just words or, or commandments or instructions that scripture may present. I think it's very important for us to understand is who is it that we're doing it for? And it's understanding. And I think it's a question we all have at some form or another have asked ourselves, uh, no matter what side of the spectrum we are looking at this from, you know, uh, as far as the topic is concerned, the God of the old versus the God of the, uh, of the new Testament is that, you know, uh, um, there's a lot to delve into, uh, as far as God's character and nature and all of that stuff. Uh, but I think at the end, I think it's very important for us that to recognize that it is about a, uh, a relationship and just like any type of relationship you get into, it's important to know who is it that you're getting in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and, and that's where it all kind of starts. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, anybody else want to tackle this? No, yeah, absolutely. You know, when we talk talk about the the character of God, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's very important because I think when we're talking about the character of God, what we understand or what we believe about God will have a direct uh, correlation or reflection of our Christian experience, right? Or, or what our faith will look like. You know, what we understand about God. You know, as we were talking about this, uh, the Old Testament versus New Testament uh, God. You know, some of the I guess claims that people have, or or some of the the things that or I guess we're going to talk about today, you know, is, is this God of the Old Testament. It's a God, it's a God of wrath, a God of vengeance, right? A God of anger, right? You have it in your picture. You have the little lightning bolt that comes along with it with the little finger, right? And the law, right? And then, and then we have this question of the, this, the, the New Testament God, right? We have Jesus, right? Uh, peace, love, mercy, all these different attributes, right? And, and we, we think about what it is that we think about God is exactly how our faith will look. And if we think that God is solely a, a God of, of judgment, a God of anger, a God of vengeance, then when the next question would be, what would our faith look like, mm. right? And, and, and when I think about that, the thing that first comes to my mind, right, if we have that picture of God, of God being this, this God of anger and, and vengeance, right? The first thing that comes to my mind is thinking about when I was a kid, right? Growing up in church, you, you know, uh, when you're a kid, sometimes you don't have the the correct understanding about the character of God. But sometimes, you know, you go to church and uh, I know I remember growing up, I don't know if you guys remember, I always mention this, the, the movie La Ultima Batalla. Yeah. yeah. Remember that yeah, movie? I remember, that. <laughs> Dude, I remember <laughs> watching that movie and coming out like terrified. You know, they uh, nightmares. Dude, yeah, me too, nightmares. brother. Me too. <laughs> Same thing. Seriously. And I remember ha having like like nightmares. I was so scared, right? Uh, all about the end times. And, and thinking about God from that perspective as a, as a judgment, right? And, and even more when we think about, you know, especially Hispanic churches, right? Um, this reverence, right? We have this reverence and, and God, I'm not trying to take that away, you know, but I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on uh, reverence and God is watching you, right? As a kid, you know, God is watching you. You, you kind of didn't want to do anything uh, uh, because you, you knew that God was watching you in some way, right? This is what your parents would tell you. Mm -hmm. and, and it kind of reflects right in, in what your relationship with God starts to look like at least from 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 a childhood perspective right 
you know, uh, things like prophecy. Remember that we were, we grew up in the era of uh, Vicario Filide, right? right, right all, all these things right. that would kind of almost try to scare you, right? right. And, and, it's, and your, your faith, you start to ask, how is it that your faith starts to look, right? I have this quote um, that I want to read to you guys that I think is important from Ellen White. And I always mention this quote because I think it's important. It says, the shortness of time is frequently urged as an incentive for seeking righteousness, making Christ our friend. This should not be the great motive with us for it savors of selfishness. It is necessary that the terrors of the day of God should be held before us that we may be compelled to right action through fear. It, not, it ought not be so. Jesus is attractive. He is full of love, mercy, and compassion, right? So we had all, we grew up in that era where, you know, hey, you got to be baptized now. Jesus is coming right. soon, right? Or uh, the Vicario Filide, right? We have the, the, all these judgment things. And I think it starts to reflect uh, on your faith, these things that we, we think about God, this God of judgment, right? And, and I think that, that it's very important how we see God because that, that's sure. uh, going to be a direct reflection on our faith. Sure, makes sense. Jason, what, what about you before we, uh, we jump into this conversation full, full force? I think Gio and Andrew kind of said everything I was going to say. But just to keep it short, um, we, we have to figure out who God is because that's where we base everything that we know of our, of our religious beliefs. Sure. Like everything is comes from him, everything that we believe. So how we, we really have to know who he is. We have to get to get, get to know what God it is that we follow. We can't just, we can't just follow him and, and not get to know him. You can't exactly be a Christian without really getting or having a relationship with your creator. Yeah. Yeah. I share the same thing with you guys as well. I, I did want to add one point though. Um, we live in a sinful world. It wasn't designed that way originally. Mm-hmm. And what, what, causes this breakthrough of sin into our perfect world is an attack on God's character. Um, So if you guys remember what happens in Genesis chapter three, I know you guys know the story very well. Uh, One of the things that Satan does is accuse God of being a liar, you know, of being a selfish God, a God who does not want Adam and Eve to be better than what they are already. And they believe that. And that eventually led to sin and that eventually led to the world that we live in. And so the way I see it is that to reverse this, we have to correct this idea of the character of God. Now, I say we, because it's our understanding, but this is what God has been working towards, right? Through Jesus, through his sacrifice, through the things that he's been doing in, in trying to restore what his name really means. Um, and also that we can see that that really what God is all about is, is good. Um, I always remember the text is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, John 17, three, where uh, Jesus says, this is eternal life that they may know you, right? That they may know you, the only true God. And so to me, those ideas, just exactly what you guys said, right? Your faith and how you live out your faith is based on your understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. And, and for anybody that's watching us, I think that's the one thing we want to make sure you are aware of today is that the reason this topic is so important is because your relationship with God, uh, with God, will depend on how you understand who God is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to add another point just to what we're saying, right? Because um, uh, we're talking about uh, how how we view God, right? The character of God will have a direct refl- uh, reflection in our Christian experience, right? And we're talking about if we see God as this judging God, right? Uh, all of a sudden, we ha- we're we're worshiping God out of fear, right? Like we said, like that quote said, out of shortness of time, right? But then fear causes something else to it has it, it causes us to have a lack of assurance, mm. right? Because all of a sudden, 
you know, we're looking to ourselves as opposed to putting our faith in Jesus, right? Because we're, we're all of a sudden, you know, if you guys remember when, we, you know, I, I, at least I remember in my early Christian experience, right? Uh, uh, you know, some weeks I would be like, oh, you know what? This week I feel saved. You know, if Jesus was to come this week, you know, you know, I went to Sabbath school. I did all these things. I'm good this week. I'm good this week. You know, I like last week, but I'm good this week. Exactly. If God came right now, you know, it would be all good. But then what happens the day that, you know, you fall out of that, right, out of doing those things. Right. And so I think that it trickles down, right, all the way from God's character to fear to assurance. Right. And we know that our assurance comes from Jesus. Right. And, and having that relationship with him. But if, if we view God in this, this distorted way, this, uh, this judgmental God, then that's what, that's what ultimately happens. Okay. But here, but here's the problem, right. And I'm, I'm with what you just said, Andrew, but this leads to the point of our conversation because I, I heard you say our faith in Jesus. Okay. And the issue here is that when we look at the entire corpus of scripture, some people clearly divide Old and New Testament as it is divided in scripture. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But then they say, oh yeah, Jesus is cool. I got no problem with Jesus. But you know, the God that's, that manifests itself in the Old Testament, that's where the problem is at. And, and this is a quote I wanted to read to you guys because I, I, uh, this is, it's one of the classic quote, quotes in all of atheism, okay? All of them. Richard Dawkins in The God Delusion, okay? You guys probably know it already. Uh, And he says the following, I'm just going to read the quote. He says, the God of the Old Testament, there it is, right? The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction, which again, he believes it's fiction because he doesn't believe in God. But he says, jealous and proud of it, a petty, unjust, unforgiving control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser, a misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. I know uh, you guys have heard that. That's a short before. list. Yeah, no, I, of course, right? I mean, and <laughs> I mean, he's just throwing everything negative you can throw to God, but but specifically though, the God of the Old Testament, and and this is where I think our conversation really begins, right? Uh, character of God is important. But I, I guess my, my initial question, this is the question I've been dealing with and I've been struggling with, is if there is a difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, mm-hmm. why do people perceive a difference or maybe we perceive a difference? And why is that? And I, and I want to hear like you guys coming from, from as personal as you can, because I'll tell you, I've been looking at this question over and over again for many years and I've been like, well... No, no, no. Well, maybe. I, and, and that's that's where I'm at. Right. So right. so what do you guys think about that? Is there a difference between the God of the old and God of the new? OK, I got I got a Bible text right here. Um, let, me, let me start out my comment with this. All right. So Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do or has he spoken and will he not make it good? All right, so to start off, God's not a man. And what's something very, very common in us? We change. There's a, a lot of us change. Of, of, for me, for example, born in the church, left church, came back to church. I changed. All of us, we all have our different stories of how we, 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 we got converted. Hmm. Examples of change. God, on the other hand, he's not a man. Everything that he says he's going to do, he's done. 
So why are we, why are we saying that he's changing from the Old Testament to the New Testament? If anything, what changes between those two periods, it's man. It's not God. It's not his actions. It's not his love towards us. That has never changed. It's been us. It's, it's how we act towards God, how we view God. That's what changes. Our ideologies about God, that's what changes. Okay, but I think, you don't, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just to say, but you don't, you don't, at all, you don't see a change at all in between old and new? I mean, yeah, okay. I, I look, I know, I know. Look, think about what, think, Yeah, <laughs> think about what I'm asking I, you because- I have my understanding of this, but I mean, okay, so in the Old Testament, we see, like we've said, what we were saying earlier, Andrew and the guys were saying earlier, we see a God that's just throwing punishment at people, just throwing rules and throwing punishment. And then in, in, um, in the New Testament, we just see a God that's all love, all of this. That's all that's portrayed, right? Am I wrong or am I right? I mean, that's, I, I guess this is what we're trying to figure out. Um, okay. Is that right or is that wrong? Look, okay. No, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's how you view it. Sure. But if you look throughout all those examples, sure. The one, the, the one thing that always changes is constantly changing is, is, is the people, the people of Israel. Sure. That's what's constantly, constantly changing. This is my, this is my point of view. Sure. sure. In all of that, I never see God changing because in all of that, he still has a plan to save the humans. Um, and all of that, he still has a plan for Israel. The ones that disobey and go the other way, turn their, turn, turn their back on God. It's always the people of Israel. Just look, just look at the, the, when, when the 10, the 10 commandments were being made, just in those few days that, Mo, that Moses was gone, they erect an idol and they completely forget where God has led them. They completely forget sure. about everything that happened in Egypt, how he made them cross the Red Sea. They're the ones that completely forget who God is, a God of mercy and a God of love, that because out of his love, he did all those miracles to get them out of Egypt. They completely forgot that. And obviously, towards because of their actions, there's consequences, you know? Sure, sure. And sure. before all of this, what I see is that there, Jesus hasn't came to die for us on the cross. They're still doing the sacrifice of the lamb, all that, but there's not, on my point of view, there's not the, the, the perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins. So we're still get, kind of getting that backlash. We're still getting that, the consequences direct, the humans in that time, we're still getting the consequences directly on them instead of Jesus being there like, hey, I died for them. Yeah. Put the punishment on me. That's, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, Gio, I know you wanted to say something. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I think I think it's a it's a dichotomy that we either choose to to view it as 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 sort sort of as mm -hmm. when we put a glasses on is what exactly are you trying to focus in on uh, as far as the character of God is concerned in the Old Testament when they forget that when you open at least if you really want to make that contrast you forget that in Acts chapter five. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit and God ended their life right there and then. And, and, and that's right after the apostles just preached the gospel. And you, you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what happened here? Then you also come and you approach, for example, you, you come up to uh, Revelation. In Revelation, the first clear line is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then after that, it's all bang, 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 bang. Of, 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 so it's, it's, it's what you are choosing to look at in the in which glasses are you putting on exactly. when you are looking at the old testament mm. uh, uh, um there is a clear depiction as far as and this is why i love the minor prophets 
the minor prophets and everything that 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 we're trying and 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 uh, Jason mentioned, you know, the experience in the desert, so to speak, right, with with Moses, is essentially that that the the minor prophets there, and I love the minor prophets because they try they are trying to make sense of the whole thing, and they're asking this very same question. Right. They're asking this very same question. They're trying to understand. Hey you know, there was judgment there, this happened, we're in captivity, this is going on, and they're trying to wrap around their heads. Daniel is trying to wrap around his head when he prays. He's like, he's like, what's going on here? And he says, we have sinned, we have done all of this, we have, and, and it's sort of like this woe of it all. The clearest illustration to me, we can see it is in the book of Hosea. In the book of Hosea, where we are, where we are clearly seeing this, and, and Hosea chapter 11 there is a clear where where Hosea is, is doing a represent uh, uh, sort of overall understanding of what is going on in the Old Testament. Is this actually a vindictive God? Is this actually a thing? And the thing is, with with Charles, uh, who is it? Um, Richard Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins. I was yeah. going to say Hopkins. Uh, yeah. uh, um, this gentleman, we can't just brush this off right away, and and just say, oh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't believe. And the fact of the matter is that many people are coming to the Old Testament and they are rejecting God for the very same reasons as this gentleman is doing. And, and we can. And, and the thing is, what I would say to Richard Dawkins, I would say, you know what? I agree with you. I agree with you. I completely I would not follow a God like that. Hmm. I would not. And, and, and what we see here, again, when we study it and we're looking at it clearly with 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 a with a with a plan to understand what is going on hosea chapter 11 says when israel was a child i love them mm-hmm. now i don't know i don't know about you you said well if that's love <laughs> right that your your mm-hmm. first your first thing might say well if that's love i want nothing to do with it mm-hmm. but it continues saying out of egypt i called my son right i called them it says i called them so they went so they went from them and sacrificed to the Baals. They burnt incense. This is what the image of what Jason was talking about here. And, and this is the kid. And he said, look, I called them. I called them out. I took them out of G. I brought them to me to, 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 to you know, to, to, to be with me. But they were sacrificing to, to Baal. I taught them from Ephraim to walk, uh, talking with, taking them by the arm. But they did not know that I healed them or drew or drew them with gentle cords or with bands of love. I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck and stooped and fed them. So here, so here we see this depiction here. And the story of and the story of Hosea as an as a totality of telling Hosea, telling this prophet, look, marry Gomer a prostitute. And 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 you know, if this were to happen to us, I don't know what reaction you all would take. If you knew that, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and although this is not the norm, this is not how God usually operates. He tells him, look, Hosea, I want you to do this. I want you to marry this, this prostitute because I want to make an illustration with your own very life. Not only what you're going to preach and write to the people of Israel, but with your very own life that, that it was never my intention. It was never my thing to bring judgment. And the thing is about judgment, when, when we set up a relationship aspect, we operate under judgment elements all the time. If somebody were to say, I hate you, 
well, you went, you're going to reject that person. You might not accept that person right off the bat, but mm-hmm. what you're going to do, and, 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 and of that, you're going to set a judgment. And you're going to say, well, if that person doesn't love me and I want to offer my friendship or my love or, 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 or the aspect of a husband and wife, whatever the case may be, you set a judgment and you say, okay. And, and what you do is you don't punish, you let go. Right. And the essence of, of the old Testament, it's not so much about God bringing judgment, but about, about God giving it up. In other words, holding the grain, the, 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 the reins, so to speak, holding the four winds, so to sure, speak sure. Of, of saying, Hey, the people of Israel, I fed them. I was with them. I took them out of Egypt. I was providing for them. I was trying to set, I was trying to set them up over and above to have them understand, not above because they were anything special, but because through them, the plan of salvation had to come in place. And so here we see the, the, this, this thing of Hosea and Hosea is going through this whole process and I don't know if I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, Mitch, but Hosea is going through this whole process here where he is trying to just gather this information as well as the other minor prophets uh, that we see. And, and, and Mal- uh, Micah, Micah says something really interesting. And he says, look, is it blood that he required? Is it sacrifice that he was in? No, it was to walk humbly before, the, before your Lord. And, and, and it, was, it was he was requiring mercy out of all of us. And the thing is, because we live in a sinful world, because there is evil in the world, and take this into account from, from, from the fall of man and everything, God's desire was to reestablish this back, to get this back into place. And, and into that, what, what we should understand, there is a sense of God's wrath. We have to be very clear and very, what, God doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't waver on what's true. What's, he's not excusing anything. But, but what... Right. God clearly, clearly hates his sin. Sure, and sure. What he well, in fact, let me, but let me say this though, because because you bring up God's wrath. Mm-hmm. God's wrath is biblical. I think we all agree with that. Yeah, there's, right. there's elements of God's wrath all over the place. Uh, but but and I'm I'm gonna throw this out there to you guys. But I don't I don't see Jesus as like wrathful as some of the other stuff that we see in the Old Testament. And I, and again, I'm, I'm I'm just trying to play that other side of it because. Because it, it it's true. I mean, everything everything you guys have said is true so far. Uh, Andrew, I know you wanted to say something there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think everything that you guys have been saying has been good, and, and that that problem of wrath is something that we have to deal with. You know, Gio said it uh, perfectly. You know, it's not something that we can brush over because obviously this is something that's a problem. You know, if someone like Richard Dawkins, right, who is a who is leading in in the in that that atheistic uh, worldview, then how much more you know many of the young people that are grow, growing up today, right? And I think it's uh, one of the questions that we had. And there's so many points that I actually want to hit on. But uh, to be able to answer all those questions, uh, it's a lot, right? But when we think about the wrath of God, uh, I guess one of the points that I want to make is, um, you know, for us to understand the Old Testament God, we have to ask the hard questions, right? We can't just act like these things don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't just say, oh, the Bible says, uh, uh, I, am the fa- I and the Father are one, right? So that means that God is love too. And then just brush it off with, uh, you know, God is love too. You know, I think we have to answer those questions and, and they're not easy questions to answer. First of all, you know, we, we have, uh, the, the, we do the best that we can. Right. And, um, I think that, uh, when we look at the old Testament, God, right. Um, we have to understand what is it that is trying to be accomplished. Right. Cause we see, we say that, okay, we see the wrath of God in the old Testament. We don't see that with Jesus. So we have to ask, what is it that is trying to be accomplished? You know, when I look at the old Testament, I, I this quote that I found is perfect. It says, 
the moral law was given to a people with a dynamic attendance of the supernatural and the miraculous. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that statement says a lot when we think about the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament God, right? We're seeing a people that God is interacting with these people. He's, he's separating them. We know that Israel was his own special people, right? So these people are his own people. He's giving them a moral law, but there is a dynamic attendance that we see, right? We see, if we look in the Bible, we see, uh, uh, we see a God almost appear in full glory, almost before Moses, right? He sees the back of his glory, right? Uh, we see uh, the burning bush. We see the, the, the cloud that leads them by day and by night. Right. We see uh, things like chariots of fire. Right. So we see a dynamic attendance of God. We see uh, a God almost in, in probably in the closest that we could probably get from a human perspective. Right. To see his glory. Right. And on top of that, we see these the, the supernatural and we see uh, the miraculous. So I think when I see uh, the God of the Old Testament, I see a God that is consistent. Right. With what he's trying to accomplish. Right. We have to remember that they were under a theocracy. Right. And some of these punishments, we have to remember that uh, these punishments were not out of proportion with how God revealed himself at that time. Right. I want to give you guys this illustration. Right. If God was to uh, tear open the sky and all of a sudden come down and say, I am the Lord, your God. These are my commandments. You will be my people. God is respecting is expecting a response to come with that. Right. And that's why I think we see a punishment that is so harsh, especially to his own people. Right. Because God is, is expecting some kind of response or requiring a certain response with, with, with the magnitude of his revelation. Andrew, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. But is it is it really a punishment that is so harsh? Because to me, and again, maybe it's just an issue of definition and semantics. Right. But to me, when we talk about harshness, it almost sounds like unfairness. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it really that it was a, a why is it so harsh? And what I what I hear, or and I think what so many other people will hear is why is it so unfair? Why is it so brutal? Why is it so bloody? Maybe, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but is that really the case? Look, because I I I see it this way when it comes to the Old Testament. I don't think there is a difference between God in the old and the new. I believe there is a perceived difference, though. Right. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, we're down here looking up there, right? We're, we're, we're humans trying to uh, de- decipher and define a, a infinite God that just cannot even fit in our mentality. And so it is us who, first of all, try to put human attributes to God, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. But then second, we come in and we'll say, okay, well, oh, look, God is like this. God is like this. God is like this. When in reality, if I read scripture, like uh, just an example, right? A story of Noah. It is true. God destroyed the world by water and destroyed it in its entirety. If I'm going to take the biblical account literally, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, he also gave him 120 years of, of opportunity to listen to this message. Oh, Cain and Abel. Cain is about to get punished by God for killing his brother, but does not God intervene so that he doesn't do so? And does God not show him mercy? Adam and Eve, did he not say that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm it, the day that you eat from the tree, you're going to die. And yet they ate from the tree and they didn't die that very moment. God gave them an opportunity and a way out and, and eventually, obviously through Jesus. So the problem, and this goes back to how Jason started, right? The problem I don't think is God. The problem is the way that we perceive God. And, and sometimes, if I can say this, 
even the way we read scripture, because I'm go- look, I, I am nowhere near the intellect that is Richard Dawkins. I believe he's an incredibly smart man. Okay. But mm-hmm. I will say this, unfortunately, sometimes very smart men read scripture superficially. And when you do that, you're going to make mistakes in its interpretation. And I think it happens all the time when it comes to God. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Actually, like, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys read the lesson this week, the Sabbath school lesson. And I don't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday's part. It talks specifically about that, how we have to read the Bible in its context. We have got to. And that, 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 that's perfectly exemplified here in between the God of the God of the Old Testament and the verses the God of the New Testament. Like you said, God doesn't change, but there is a change of how we view God. There is a change of how the people at the time view God. If we see, and one of the things that I, that I notice, um, what's it called? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, in the Old Testament, we see a group of chosen people of Israel that constantly forget who God is in their lives, constantly go back to idols, constantly go back to all of this. And earlier we said, oh, um, you guys were saying like, oh, isn't it too, uh, all of this, um, all of this punishment, isn't it too bad? Isn't it too like, like too like bloody, all of this in the Bible itself says that all sin is punishable by death. Right. Mm. So that, that, that already like, it goes to that it's death period. All sin is punishable all by death. Now, if we go into the new Testament, we see a completely different change in Israel. They've gone a little bit overboard. They've gone a little bit way too overboard down to the, down to the point that they're telling me, oh, you can only do so many steps on the Sabbath just to make sure that they don't forget who God is in their lives. Now, this is why God has to change his tactic on how he reaches to his people. Mm. Now he has to reach through them through love. Because before he, was, he gave them everything. This is the, this is the crazy thing about God. He gave us the law and he also told us like, this is what the punishment is if you break the law. But he like in his, in his mercy towards us on top of giving us the law and telling us the punishment, he also gives us the way out of it by giving Jesus a sacrifice. And Jesus' sacrifice is the only thing that could give us, that could give us some forgiveness for our sins so on top of giving us the law and giving us the punishment he also gives us the answer to how to redeem ourselves through all this punishment and i think that that goes a little bit into how does god's um god's justice and his mercy go together he provides both he doesn't just tell you okay here's the law and that's it that's Hmm. that's all i'm going to give you guys he does he doesn't just leave us to 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 whatever to whatever we want to choose he's actually look this is the law, but look, I love you so much that I really want you and I really want to spend all eternity with you and I want to come back and I want to redeem my people. So look, here's the answer. Here's my way for you guys to get out of this. He doesn't just throw us out into the sure. wilderness, you know? Sure, for sure. By the way, uh, Gio, I know I know you're itching to answer this. Really quickly though, we just want to shout out to everybody that's joining us right now. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Um, there, again, if there is a question, we want to incorporate this, uh, you know, we're obviously we're going on with this conversation, but, uh, we want to make sure that if you got something to say as well, we want to hear about it. So Gio, I, I know you're itching, man. You raise your hand like seven times there. What, what's up? What's on your mind? I'm just trying to be polite. Look, you know what? I was in a week <laughs> hey, just, of prayer. Hey, just cut in. Just kidding. I, I was in a week you, of you prayer with in, six other pastors that wanted to talk all the time. And I had to learn how to discipline myself and just like wait for everybody to, you know, anyway. 
um, there's five elements. There's five elements that we should look at when we are looking at God's wrath. Number one is God's wrath is just. That's number one. Yeah. God, number two is God's wrath is is to be feared. Number three is God's wrath in the God's wrath is consistent in both the Old and the New Testament. Number four is God's wrath is an action of love against sin. And number five, God's wrath is satisfied in Jesus Christ. Those are the, the five elements I had to write down here on my, on my computer and on my notes here. Because let's, let's I, I just want to, I don't want to say Geo said, let's go to, let's go to Romans. I'm, I'm going to see if, sure. let, let's go in a quick sure. five minute Bible study right here. Romans chapter yeah, two, yeah. verse five. If somebody can read that for me, Romans chapter two, verse five. All right, Romans chapter two, verse five, it says, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. So this is, this is essentially putting God's wrath into the first action. The one is, is God's wrath is just, is just right. Right. And, and in a sense that he is, because there's God's wrath, because God is love, there is justice and there is this thing that obviously we're using words and when we're approaching God. I think we have to understand that we're very limited. Mm. Well, that's, that's the very, very first thing. And, and like Richard Dawkins, he's very intellectual, maybe smarter than any of us will ever be, you know, at the same time, at the same time, he's not understanding his limitations when he is reading scripture. Mm. So if, when, when I'm approaching scripture and I'm approaching the God of scripture, and I don't recognize my own limitations. Number one is I am going to see a God just full of vengeance and wrath and whatever other, uh, you know, descriptions he gave him. Uh, God's wrath needs to be feared. Romans chapter three, verse 23. What does that say? Romans chapter three, verse 23. It's 23. You got it. And it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now let's read Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, so here we're saying God's wrath needs to be feared. Number one, we have to understand that God's wrath is, is, God's wrath is the answer to sin. Mm -hmm. And then being God is what God's interest is to eradicate sin. I think that that needs to be clear. It needs to eradicate sin. And, and for that is that we need to fear it in the sense that we need to fear sin. Because at the end of time, God will destroy sin. And that's what we need to understand. God is not out to get people. God is not out to, okay, you're good. You don't, you're not going to do it. You're going to go. You're not going to go. No, it's, it's what he is. His interest is, is in destroying sin and in destroying sin. The question is, if, 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 if I hold on to sin, then I will be destroyed with that sin. And so, for, for example, now, the, the element of fear is not an element of emphasis, but it's an element that God uses, right? It's an element for, that God uses for us to be alert, for us to stay protected against sin, etc. But <clears throat> again, God's wrath is the answer, or, or God's just, God's wrath is just because it's an answer to sin. Number three, God's consistency in the Old Testament. Let's, uh, I want one person to read Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 23, and the other one to read Romans chapter 1, verse 18. So one person can read Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 23. I got, I got Jeremiah. I got Jeremiah. <clears throat> and the other one, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Be behold, the whirlwind of the Lord goes forth with fury, 
a continuing whirlwind, it will fall violently on the head of the wicked. All right, let's let's go to Romans. Romans chapter one, verse eighteen. I'll get that one. Uh, it says, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and uh, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness." Consistent. I can see that. Very consistent. Right. So, yeah. so, so God acts justly and judges sin. Right. I Correct. think otherwise God would not be God. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I just just to make that clear. Number four. I'm going to go a little quicker here. I don't want to take up too much of, you, of your time. Is God's wrath is an action against sin. Let's let's look at John chapter 1 John chapter 4 verse 8, Romans chapter 11 verse 36, and then Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31. We all know 1 John 4:8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. Perfect. Right. Romans chapter 11 verse 36. What does that say? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31. Oh, I'll look that one up. Here we go. It is a fearful thing. Now, this verse is crazy, by the way. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So, so here we see this, this action against sin, right? Love is an action. God is disgusted with sin. Mm. And in every, in every aspect and every portion that we see, for example, when, when God commands Israel to... to to eradicate certain cities and countries and things like that. LNG White is clear in Patriarchs and Prophet is that before destruction, there was warnings to those cities, That's to correct. those people when they came. In other words, there was there was either by the testimony of Israel itself or 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 they were they were sent an actual messenger. And right. Patriarchs and Prophet is clear that, hey, this is a God, and he sends, like like Jason, I think, was saying. Uh, um, he gives provision. In other words, he's there and he's going to give provision and a way out. And what God is trying to make us understand that if we, if we are attached to sin, God's wrath will, will be applied on us. Now, number five, I think this is where the joy comes in. God's wrath is satisfied in Christ. That's point number five. First Timothy chapter one, verse 15. What does that say? And then someone else, Romans chapter three, verse 26. This is a uh, first Timothy says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. That's right. Romans chapter three, verse 26. I got it. Uh, it says to demonstrate at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the, of the one who has faith in Jesus. And then second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20 was said that, he who knew no sin was made sin made for sin. us that right. we may be just uh, uh, before him, right? I, I think I just paraphrased it in my words. Uh, um, but essentially what we are looking at here as far as God's wrath is we need to understand that the wrath of God is not God out to get humanity. It's God trying to eradicate sin. And, and, and I have this, this quote here. It says, in saving us from his own wrath, God has done what he, what we could not do. He has done what we didn't deserve. Why? Because the wages of sins are death, right? Right. And so in this, we have to understand as far as God's wrath is concerned, it's going to be consistent. And like Mitchell said, you know, depending on if, if you want to perceive it that way, then, then, you know, maybe you're looking at scripture the wrong way. And I think this, this week's lesson was just perfect to that. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Gio, Gio, let me let me let me just say this real quick because 
uh, first of all, congratulations on the greatest Bible study ever given in about like four or five minutes, man, because that was great. Okay. And for those who are watching, uh, if you need to get those verses back, you need to view this video again. So once it's done, go back onto YouTube, watch it one more time. But let me say this. I think this proves this point that when you start reading the entirety of scripture, you begin to see a better and more perfect picture of God. It will never be perfect because we cannot see God perfectly. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Paul is very clear in letting us know that it is until that veil is removed that we will then see perfectly that we will then see better. Right. But, but you can see what happens when you start reading the Bible correctly, that you start getting, for example, a picture of God's wrath that is complete, both in the positive and in that dreadful, terrible way as well, because God's wrath is a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I, I'm, I'm going to throw this in here. Did God's wrath not fall upon Jesus Christ on the cross? It sure did. And, sure and, did. And, and it was by design, by the way, it was by design. It was meant to save us. That is why it was done. And so when we say, oh, God's wrath, look, that's just horrible. No, no, wait a minute. God's wrath falls on Jesus. This is his plan so that we can be saved from that wrath. So we're starting to see a better picture of God when we look at all these things. Well, actually, earlier you were saying um, how, um, how, uh, how, how the punishment um, that God gives us is, uh, towards sin, his, um, his action towards sin is out of love for us. And um, I, never, I never really got a clear concept of that until um, one, uh, when I was in college, um, I had a professor explain to me um, how God giving, the, giving death, allowing death to be a to be a consequence for eating out of the tree of uh, good and evil was actually a something that he did out of love. And when he first said that, it puzzled me. I was like, what, how, how is dying something that's out of love? And then he went on to explain, imagine if he would have left humanity to, to live with knowing good and evil. And on top of that, leave the, leave the tree of, um, of life for us. Mm. For eternity, humanity would have been living in sin, living apart from God. So the only way for God to get rid of sin, for, to get to us, to, to try to save us, was to take out that, tr that tree of life and to, give, and to sure. let death take its toll on sin. Because if he would have left us living in sin for all eternity, God would have been suffering for all eternity. He would have been suffering for us. So in that, in that I understand, like, even though it is part of, part of the judgment of, on, on sin, death, death, he loved us so much. He's like, dude, I have to let it happen. I don't want my people to live in sin forever. Yeah. And, and by the way, um, well, Andrew, go ahead. Yeah. Cause I, I want to include some of these comments that are coming in too. Okay. Go for uh, it. Go, go, ahead, for go it. ahead, Andrew. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you thinking? No, uh, I actually wanted to push back with, with a question of my own for you guys. But uh, before I kind of wanted to just, uh, Talk a little bit what you guys were all saying. We went through a lot right there, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, uh, and um, I think it's important, right? Um, you know, uh, the verse I wanted to mention, right, uh, in Malachi 1-2, I think uh, states it perfectly. Is He says, I have loved you, says the Lord, yet you say, in what way have I loved you, mm -hmm. right? And that that is, uh, as uh, Gio was saying, right, almost like the letter even in, in Hosea, right? Uh, what, what God is trying to portray in, in the Old Testament, right? And we can go through so many examples, right? Through Adam and Eve, right? Where death was supposed to come into the world and, and God still gives them a, another chance. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Mitch, uh, Cain and Abel, right? God, God almost hears uh, uh, the cry of Cain and says, you know what? I'm going to give you what you want, right? To some extent, right? 
Uh, and we see that with Lamech and all, all, all kinds of different people. But I, I wanted to mention another one in, in uh, Genesis 15, 13 through 16, because I think this one actually kind of sums up uh, uh, how God deals with wrath, uh, his wrath upon us. And it gives us a, a bit of a perspective, right? This is a, a speaking to uh, Abraham, right? I believe this is in a vision, right? And it says, then the Lord said to Abraham, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years, but I will bring judge, judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out of the great, come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. I think that picture paints it so perfectly, because to me, it's showing that God is in control. And the very, you know, sometimes we say, oh, well, God did all these atrocities, right? These genocides, uh, uh, mass killings of the, of the Amorites and all these things. But that last verse says, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Right. That is telling me that God gives us a lot of chances right here. 400 years, uh, you know, that the Israelites had all, all kinds of chances, right? And that, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know if uh, we read this one, right? That we store up wrath for ourselves, right? Sure. It's, it's not God that's bringing our wrath upon us, but we that do it to ourselves, <coughs> we have plenty of chances and, and, and God gives us chance after chance. And I think that that perfectly, uh, you know, kind of what we're talking about uh, uh, sums it up. Yeah, now, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys a, a question and push back a little bit for you guys. What do you guys do or what are you guys' thoughts on, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, the genocides, but that, that, that uh, you know, in, when we say innocent kids or innocent people that, that are killed in some of these genocides. What is you guys' response to this? Or how do you guys reason this? What, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, let me, let me, because uh, I was about to say something and not, not about that, but it falls in that line. Um, one of the things that I find very interesting in the reasons why um, authors in the Old Testament praise God is because they see the judgments of God as righteous judgments, which means that they are judgments that are correctly done, right? Or correctly applied. So just a couple of texts, for example, Psalms 19.9. This is David writing and he says, the fear of the Lord is clean and enduring forever. And he says, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now grab that from David, shoot it all the way down to the book of Revelation and the Song of Moses, right? In Revelation chapter 15. And it says that the, that the, that the saints, all those who will not receive the plagues, are praising God, and they say the following, great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. So there is this idea in scripture that when God makes a decision to either punish, to castigate, to discipline, to uh, even completely exterminate a group of people, uh, a nation, or the entire world for that matter, like we see in the flood, it's a righteous judgment. It is a, a completely correctly applied judgment, discipline, or final verdict, right? Or, or, or condemnation. And, and the problem, I think, is that oftentimes we're trying to see things from our perspective and say, oh, yeah, God, why would you do that? When it's completely the other way around, right? God is seeing everything from his perspective. And I think the example of the Amorites, because eventually the Amorites are exterminated from the, from the planet, right? And, and you see that God... 400 years before that, much more than that, by the way, right? But we know that 400 years, at least that's what he mentions in the text that you read, 400 years are going to go by and God's already looking at their iniquity. 
By the way, this is the same thing that happens in uh, the the uh, the anti-flood or, or the pre-flood people people right um, the antediluvians the the challenge is that God mm. looks at them and yeah. says man wow their evil is just continuous it does not stop and yet when God sees that there will be no change in these people he gives them 120 years let me also say one other thing because I because I, I know I know you guys are thinking and want to want to chime in on this um, if I were to look at what God will do at the very end of time. It is the same thing that God has done in the past with these supposed genocides, right? Or the extermination of nations and tribes. What do I mean by that? Eventually God says, no more. We cannot continue doing this. It is the end mm -hmm. and I have to purify, right? Now, why does God purify? Well, first of all, Bible tells us that the only reason Jesus hasn't returned is because he's waiting for people to proceed to repentance, which means that, once everybody who is going to proceed to repentance has proceeded to for, for asking for forgiveness, there's nobody else left. These people will no longer change in their way. And as soon as you no longer will change in your way, then what's the point? There's no nothing that God can do will change you. This is the unpardonable sin. This is when the Holy Spirit has no effect on you whatsoever. And what is left at that point is you have chosen your final uh, um, uh, verdict, your, 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 your final destination, mm -hmm. what you want is death and you do not want the life that I am giving you, then I am giving you what you want. The words of C.S. Lewis come to mind and I end right here, right? Where he says that the door to hell is locked from the inside. Nobody will open the door to hell for you. Only we are the ones that will open that door and walk through. When wow. you decide to walk through, that's on you and God is not going to force you to go the other way. I think this is what happens in these cases in the Old Testament. It is people who were given chance time and time again. And God says, if that's your final, if that's, if that's what you want, then that's what I'm going to give you. Just for example on that, um, the story of Jonah with Nineveh. That, I think that's a perfect example. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Jonah goes, he's, he's preaching um, like, look, God's going to destroy you. With, he's going to obliterate you. What do they do? They they repent. There's that change of heart. God change doesn't change. He's just like, okay, they took my they they changed their ways. I'll pardon that. And obviously, we know the rest of the story. Jonah gets upset, all that stuff. But that's a perfect example. God was gonna throw his judgment there. That didn't that never changed. He wanted them to get rid of their sin. They changed, not God, they changed. So the punishment was overlooked. It was okay, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gio, I, think, I saw you looking for something there. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if the, you the thing is, the thing is, uh, um, I, I think it's a fair question as far as genocide is concerned. Um, we can't just expect God to get off the hook. Well, you know, oh, well, he's God and that's it. No, he, he's not off the hook. And I don't think he expects us to have him off the hook. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, I think is we, we, we need to understand uh, um Again, I think this just comes to our limitation, and I think rather than than and I you I think you kind of, you main, you mentioned it and and it kind of it was a little light bulb that turned on on me when 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 you said this is rather than you know maybe looking at God as wow he just eradicated somebody just you know a whole city or a whole country maybe the question is you know why did he take so long <laughs> huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did he take huh. so long? Like, you right. know what I'm saying? The, 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 and I'm not, and I'm not placing myself and I'm not trying to 
place myself or pretend that I know God. But the fact of the matter is that we, we clearly get what we don't deserve in the sense that, that in, in, in Exodus chapter 34, verse six, you know, when, 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 when Moses is there, he says, look, God is long suffering. He, there's this description. He's gracious, long suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. Verse seven says, "Keeping mercy for ten thousands, for for uh, forgiving iniquity and trans transgression of sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children's children, and to the third and fourth generation." And here right. we have this instance where you know, it's sometimes it's. I mean, we do it all the time. We do it now. You know, we, we do it now. We, we, we say, well, how come God doesn't just take care of that? And, and, and now we're coming into an issue. Now we're, now when we do that, that's a very dangerous thing to do. Cause then we say, and the thing is, I think the question to this all it's, it's, is, is, is how much God is love really? I think that's the question under, underneath all these layers, we've just been sure. peeling off here. It's, it's, is, is really God love is, is he really, really okay. love? Okay. Okay. Let me, okay. Now, and just like you had a libel, I have a libel moment as well. Okay. Um, and, and Andrew, thank you for that question. I think it's a very powerful question. Very important one, valid one. So here we go. We know that the relationship that we must have with God is by faith. Mm -hmm. And we say by faith, which means that there are going to be moments where we're going to look at God and we're going to say, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, but I believe you are righteous. I believe you are merciful. And I believe above all, you are love. And here we go. And yet God will not leave you without an answer. And this is where I think if anybody is watching us, that is not Seventh-day Adventist, you need to hear this out. Because one of the things that, uh, that as Adventists we have emphasized, and you can read this, especially in the writings of Ellen White, is that the very first greatest concept about God is that God is love. And the very last and greatest concept about God is that God is love. All right. This is what Seventh-day Adventists believe. We believe that God is love. And yet, we believe that God will show how much love he is by opening up those books as the judge of the universe and saying, look, look at my decisions and see whether or not it is right or it is wrong. Ellen White has an incredible quote where she says that at some point, every single soul that has ever existed will kneel down before God and say, righteous and just were your ways, right? Your decisions were right. Well, why? Well, the reason why is because there is such a thing as an investigative judgment that God allows, right, for there to be an investigation, not so, and, and again, this may kind of uh, clash against some of the traditional Seventh-day Adventist ideas, but not so much to investigate our life, but to investigate his actions, right? Mm -hmm. This opens up the books, and now the entire universe says, oh, well, God, why did you exterminate so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? Is that Was that really fair? And God says, well, look, do, do, I mean, you want to see what happened? Check it out. And the moment that mm -hmm. we open that up, and again, a thousand years in heaven, Revelation chapter 20, where we sit to judge the nations, right? All the saints sit to judge the nation. Well, what are they going to do in a thousand years? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to confirm that the, that the judgments and the actions of God were righteous. And, and so I, I look at all of this, right? And I say, okay, it is true. Andrew, we may not have the complete answer to that. And it's not that I'm trying to brush it off. I'm just human. I don't know. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are greater than my thoughts. That being said, we will know. It's not going to be left unanswered. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and, and the idea is that we have to take a step in faith towards God and say, you know what, God, I, I, I trust you. I trust what you're going to do. And how do I know I can trust him? By the way, let me just finish this. How do I know? Well, I know because the wrath of God fell upon Jesus Christ. If, if the wrath doesn't, if, if God's wrath doesn't fall upon himself, I don't trust God. I don't trust God, but it fell upon himself. He died a worse death than any of the other uh, nations and people who were exterminated died. He died the worst death of them all. And that's why I trust him. Oh yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, when we look at this, you know, the, the mass genocides or, or, or these innocent people that we say that die, you know, it's impossible for us to know uh, what God knows. Right. And, and to, to judge every case all the same is wrong as well. Right. I think that we have to take every case, case by case. Right. You know, um, just an example, right. When we're talking about the, the, the Malachites or, or the genocides that happen, you know, um, some of these, some of these, uh, these tribes were themselves committing genocide to their own people. Right. They were sacrificing babies to Moloch, you know, things like this, where they were self-destructing themselves. And it kind of just gives us perspective of well, why God stepped in. Right. It's like they were destroying themselves. So God had to put an end to some of these things that were happening, happening. And, uh, you know, when we think about, you know, uh, the innocent babies that die, you know, we say, oh, what about these? You know, so it says that the kids and wives along with some of these people that, that were wicked were taken along, you know, kind of the, the way I kind of reason it in my head. It, well, at least, you know, it's not an easy, it's not the perfect answer, but I think um, to, to some degree, you know, when we think about uh, even to this day, you know, why is it that some uh, innocent babies, you know, are taken or, or how do we reason with that? You know, we have to think, you know, for us who are believers, you know, or, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, the worst thing for us is not death. At least that's what we believe, right? Mm -hmm. for, for us, the worst thing for us is dying without having a relationship with God. Right. Correct. Correct. Right. So when, for me, when I see babies that, that, that are dying, you know, sadly, sad as it is to say, right. And it's easier to say, you know, easier said than done. Right. When babies uh, pass away or, or these, these torture cases that we see, right. To me, I see it almost as a one-way ticket to heaven, right. From what we see in scripture. And I know David has a, a, a verse where he talks about when his baby passes away and, and we, we were, it's not too clear, but we know that ultimately that God is a God of love that is just, Right. And we have all these different principles, you know, in the Bible to believe that those babies will be ultimately in heaven and, and that that death is not the worst thing that can happen. Right. But that we could uh, die a death without uh, Jesus. Yeah, Jason, I know Jason want to say something, Jason, real quick, and then, and then we're going to jump to Gio real quick. Um, I really like that you brought up the investigative judgment and it's not the you just said the term this time. But earlier you were talking about with the Adam, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. God doesn't just say, OK, that's it. You're done just because I choose to, he literally is going to open and look, look, this is what you did. 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 Right. He's literally going to put a, he's going to put everything out on the line. He's not going to just say you're done because you're done or you go to heaven. Cause you, no, he's going to be just, he's going to go off of everything that we ever did. He's going to make sure that everybody knows you yourself know is he's not just going to, do it blatantly because he says so because he's god he's gonna show us look i tried i i put this person in your way i put this situation in your way you didn't listen you didn't open your eyes to it it's not that he didn't try his love is there in his love and his way to reaching out to us he's gonna do it now it's up to us to really make that ultimate choice and really and really try to try to understand his love to really um take in the love that he's showing towards us 
Gio, what, yeah, what were, we, what were we thinking, Gio? Yeah, I, I, think, I think our expectations of God are way off. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, um, you know, we, we, we think of, 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 of moments of, well, God should act here and not here. Uh, right. God should do this and not that. And I think the very, the very essence that we're struggling, even us right now as we're talking, we're struggling with this point is because we are trying to put human expectations on God. You know what I'm saying? And as we are putting those human expectations, well, of course, we're going to we're going to see frustrations because guess what? That's that's what I would do or not do. And then that's where you start placing yourself in a very dangerous territory. There is something awesome that says in Luke chapter 13, verse four, four to five. Let's go to Luke. And, and any of you who have it, just go ahead and read it. Luke chapter 13, verses four. Uh, is it, uh, is it about the, uh, the, the tower of uh, Siloam? Right. Okay, right, because so, yes. what we're having the expectation yeah. of here is is saying, look, uh, yes. uh, um, God punishes the most evil of sinners. Mm -hmm. In other words, sure. the most evil of evil. And then uh, some people would say, well, he's inconsistent because when Adolf Hitler was there, the, he didn't do nothing about it, right? Or he didn't eradicate him, right? He didn't. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. Uh, Gio, let me let me interrupt you real quick because I think this is a comment that somebody made. I, I'll just let you get back to it, but I, I want to include it. Um, because uh, someone said, didn't Jesus, God made in the flesh, right? Uh, Jesus, God in the flesh. Uh, didn't Jesus help change the perception of God in the New Testament? And I think this verse, uh, you're trying to get to that, I think. Right, right, right. And go ahead, uh, read it. Ch uh, okay. Luke chapter 13, verses four and five. Yeah, it says, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Right. In other words, in other words, God's yes, God's judgments are just. Yes, God's judgments are 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 are, are pure and are act against sin and all the you know, the, the 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 scripture that I was sharing with you guys all. But but I think there's also an element to this about understanding sin. And my thing is, if un, if sin could be excused. Or, or if sin could be excused, it could be, it could be explained, but it's not. Okay, right, Gio, Gio, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second, because a, literally a question just came in, and, and it, it's, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is guiding this right now. Check this out. Elias writes the following. He says, why won't God just eradicate sin, save the people, and just never have created evil in the first place? It seems that an all-powerful creator could have the capacity to never have created evil, right? Mm -hmm. That's a loaded question. That's the, yeah. Well, well, that, that's that's the thing about God because God is love. When you're talking about God, their their love is a risk. Mm -hmm. Just like any any of us entering in any kind of relationship, when we are entering into a relationship, what makes it so beautiful that my wife in May twenty fourth, two thousand nine. Said, did you get yes, that right? Did you get that right, Gio? I hope so. I hope she's not. <laughs> I hope so. And that is that that she said yes when she could have said no. Right. Right. And that's what makes it awesome. That's what makes it great. And 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 that's the same thing with God because God God just operates. He he's operate under love and he gives us free will. We were mentioning that earlier today. Maybe that should be a topic mm. you guys can discuss next time. But you know, but the the thing is when we are talking about God, God is looking at the situation and he's viewing the, the risk involved. 
Mm -hmm. And I said, there could be a, 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 where they reject me or they push me away or they start doing evil things. And God is saying, now I don't, I don't pretend to understand God or claim that I am, sure. but God saw that the risk was worth, mm -hmm. the risk was worth moving forward in his creation. Sure. Sure. Moving forward in, in, in that. And, and, and so the thing is, even, even Satan himself, God provided him a way out, even in heaven. God offered him an opportunity for him to repent. God offered it because we can't, we can say, oh, you know, we get into so many layers now. We talk about mm -hmm. Adolf Hitler, we talk about Satan, we, we can keep going. And the thing is, God, even for Satan, gave him a time to, to actually repent. And to, and to, but when that door was closed and that door was shut, God had to execute a judgment mm. right there and then with him too. Mm. And this is a clear, number one, I'm not God. And, 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 and as far as judgment is concerned, is not limited to a time, is not limited to just one event. God can set judgment on any time. We were talking today with the uh, Proyecto Logos, with, with the week of prayer that we were having. And, 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 and one of the pastors here that just kind of like, it's like the angel, you know, when he hits you right on the back of your head. That's the moment I had. And he said, the second coming, the second coming can be today. Right? The, 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 the end of the world can be today. Right? I can, I, I don't know. I can go to sleep and not wake up tomorrow. Whatever right, they can. Right, be. right. And I'm set. I'm done. I'm, right. <laughs> there's no more page turning as far as a, a, a Giovanni chapter is concerned. You know, the, 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 the coming of, of God is, is today. And we have to live today and worry about the today i'm not i'm not brushing away everything in the old testament i'm not brushing everything but those things are there for us to look in the character of god and see it through the eyes not of my eyes mm. but saying understanding of of what is god really trying to do and and i think it's fair god is not afraid of our doubts god is not afraid to be put on the pedestal and being asked the hard questions to say hey why did you eradicate a whole country women children and 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 even people that might have not even participated in some of that evil yeah I, I, yeah absolutely look um and and elias keeps asking these questions so we may just have to get him on this panel and then uh you know have him answer his own questions for a second <laughs> uh but but, here, but here's the thing um the idea of free will and i know we don't want to get into this we're, we're almost done with the conversation it's a, it's a whole other thing right um but mm -hmm. I, I think there is a premise that we keep going back to, which is that God is love. God is love. God is love. And by the way, and, and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys don't agree with me, that's fine. But I believe God is love is the greatest truth. Mercy and justice fall under God's love. They are, they are not separated. They're not separated. They, they both are, work. They are together. one in the same. They're, they're, they're together. They, correct. One has to accompany the other. Correct. If, if love were a circle, justice and mercy sit right in the center of it, right? It composes this circle of what it means for God to be love. Um, and, and I don't, sometimes we say, oh, God is love and righteous. No, God is merciful and righteous. All those things represent that God is love. And come on, I mean, we've all been disciplined by our mothers at some point. That's, I think, why uh, you Never. guys are on the screen. Never. You know what I mean? You, come on, like we know, it's not true. And, and I believe most of the people that are watching us are, are Hispanic or have some relationship with someone who is Hispanic at some point. You guys know about the chancla. You guys know about the cinto, okay? And okay. In, in, uh, in Nicaragua, they say the faja, right? Look, we know. Now, what is it? I remember one day my mom came up to me and she said, uh, you know, and I love my mom. I don't know if she's watching right now, right? But she said to me, 
this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, which I'm like, that's not true. Okay. Oh, you know what? Now I have kids. And now I realize what she was talking about for me to discipline my child it actually is painful to discipline my child. And I'll tell you one thing. There are times where I tell my son, don't do that. Don't do that. If you do that, you're going to get hurt. And you know what I don't do? I don't stop him from getting hurt. I literally let him do. I'm just telling don't do that. You're going to get hurt. He knows the consequence. He does it. This is free will in action, right? And the reason I do that now, of course, if he's going to get like, you know, smashed by a massive box or something, I'm not, I'm not going to let that happen. But, you know, there are moments where he's like playing on a chair and I'm like, you're going to get hurt. He falls, he gets hurt. Guess what? He learned a lesson that what dad was telling him was not because I was trying to be mean or I was trying to be angry at him, but because I love him and I don't want him to get hurt. And by the way, as soon as he gets right. hurt, I pick him up and I said, hey, come on, you got to listen to me. And then we try to fix the, the owie, as my, dad, as, my, as, my, uh, as my son says, right? It, but, but think about God, first and foremost, as being love. And then the rest of these concepts fall perfectly underneath that. But you mm-hmm. cannot start with God being angry or God being vengeful first. You got to start with the greatest concept of what we know about God, and that is that God is love. Yeah, I think yeah. If, if my theology, one of my theology teachers put it in this way, uh, um, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not, but the moment we come to fully understand God, he ceases to be God. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the moment we just fully understand the whole thing, and, and, and to Mitch's point, we will one day understand. And I think for the rest of eternity, we're going to understand this concept and the plan of salvation. If the plan of salvation did not speak to, you know, God's judgment is wrath and the way of how he deals and, and the love that comes with that, then then I don't know. We're, 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 we're talking about, you're talking about apples. I'm talking about oranges this whole time. It's, it's, it's you know, <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, the thing is, if, if we come to fully understand God, then he ceases to be God. And, you know, the, 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 the thing and, and, you know, our worry should really be is, is, is God, what, what, what is it that you want me to understand about you? And that could be different on depending on backgrounds, experiences, you know, right. and, and God's going to ask us and the responsibility of that, especially when it comes to judgment, is that the judgment for Mitch is not going to be the same judgment as Geo. And the same judgment on Geo is not going to be the same for Jason. And this one for Jason is not going to be for, for Drew. You know, all of us here, you know, God is going to expect different things from all of us. And he's right. going to judge us all each accordingly. And that's what scripture says. Each according to his own responsibility that was placed in front of them. And our worry should, you know, let's, let's try to understand. Let's have the debates. Let's have the conversation. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, we should be, what is, what does God want me personally, me to understand about him? Sure. Um, I, I just, I just want to read this quote cause we're going to start wrapping it up, but, um, and, and I just want to get your guys reaction on this. Um, and then, uh, you know, if so everybody that's watching us as an, and, and has been with us up to this point, uh, thank you once again. Um, and if there is a last comment, uh, this would be the moment to, uh, to put that comment into the, uh, into the chat, but uh, this is this was written in uh, Science of the Times, uh, April 7, 1898. And this is one of those classic quotes we were talking right before we got live. I had mentioned this to you guys, and here it is. Um, Ellen White writes, and she says, we may all rest in the assurance that whatever the love of God has devised in man's behalf will be executed. 
Okay, mm -hmm. think about that again, right? Well, Whatever. I'm sorry, what quote was that? This is a uh, Signs of the Times, April 7, 1898. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and here we go. She, so she says, she says, we may all rest in the assurance. We may all be at peace knowing mm -hmm. that whatever the love of God has devised in man's behalf will be executed. So anything that God needs to do to demonstrate that love, he'll do it, right? That's what it says. And here we go. Justice and judgment are the habitation of his throne. Mercy and truth go before his face. In the cross of Christ, mercy and truth met together. Righteousness and peace kissed each other. Wow. I want to get your guys' reaction on that because I think it's a beautiful quote. I think it might be a great way for us to end uh, this idea that in the cross, we see God's character fully, fully demonstrated. And we're seeing these both, both of these aspects just, just beautifully come together. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Like you said, on the cross, his wrath was fully exposed, but also on the cross was the answer to all that wrath. Jesus dying for us is what gives me that 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 peace that God is from the beginning had a plan to redeem me of my sins so once again I could be full be, be with him when he comes once again that, that, that's what I see there absolutely Andrew what do you think you know, I, I wanted to mention something right because we're talking about uh, justice and love and then that quote um, and and Gio was mentioning something right um, right, that we will all be uh, <laughs> judged differently. You know, uh, for Mitch, it will be different. For him, it will be different. Um, uh, in Genesis 6, 9, it says something interesting. It says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, mm -hmm. right? And when we're talking about uh, other versions say he was righteous in his generation. And I think it's important to know that it says in his generation, Right. Because God is not going to judge us according to Noah's generation and the things that happened in his generation. God is judging us each individually according to our generation, our culture, our society, where you lived, who you were, what responsibilities you had, what positions you had. God is an all merciful God. And just like you said on that cross. Right. We see all that accomplished. And I think that without you, you can't have uh, justice and love and, and without one another. And then and, and God you know, demonstrated that in, in the cross. Yeah. By the way, by the way, very quickly, is that fair? Is that fair that God judges us based on our generation? Is that, that God judges us based on our circumstances? Doesn't that sound fair to me? That sounds fair to me. That sounds fair. Yeah. Cause I think that's the, one of the biggest questions that we all, that people say is like, Oh, well in the, you know, in, in such and such day in the old Testament, they didn't have this sin. We have more sins this time. We have, we have this different sin that they didn't have back then. Well, good thing. God's judging you according to your, generation not according to noah's time right and to the responsibility that we have now and just to add to that i think we have more responsibility than, than they did oh absolutely i would agree with yeah. that geo what, what, what do you think any any last words here uh i, I think we got to make a part two of this man because elias Montes is throwing some bombs <laughs> oh, the hard question, that man. i want to go into it but this is that's going to take another 30 minutes exactly I, I wanted to chime in on, on that. On that. Oh, well, you guys, you guys want to talk about that free will? I know you guys want. I to wanted to. I wanted to chime in, but to be oh, honest, that's a whole nother. I, I, that's just a whole nother forty minutes that we. His last three right. comments. His last three comments is a completely different yeah, conversation they, itself. He's, yeah, he's they, throwing they, bombs they, out there that I'm just like <laughs> I gotta. But well, one fire, of the things. But Gio, but Gio, hold on, hold on, hold on. Discipline. Let's, let's get you in on this. Let's get you in on this real quick. 
if we do a part two and now we look at God's character and free will, are you willing to join us? Do you have time to join us? Yeah. And can you join us? Here you go. Can you join us next Sabbath? No, I can't next Sabbath. Ah, I can ah, in three weeks, but not next Sabbath. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, right, so part two in three weeks? We can oh, do man. it. We're, we we're can do it in three weeks. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna call you up, Gio. I'm gonna see if I can do some convincing here. But no, we'll no. Talk, we, we'll talk. We'll talk. But but for, but for sure, we got to do a, a part two on this, and and definitely talk about the free will question. That is definitely something you are yeah. right on that, Gio. Anyways, go ahead. Go ahead. You were gonna say. No, I mean anything. Uh, I mean just just as I th I I couldn't add anything more to what these guys have already said, and 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 for us, it's you know, uh, um, the 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 fact of of of. What was it? What was that? What was the quote? Oh, that of, of being kissed mercy, on the cross. Yeah, mercy and truth in on the in the cross of Christ. Mercy and truth met mm -hmm. together. Righteousness and peace. Mercy and truth. In other words, there is what God is providing for for us is a, is the antidote, which is which is God's grace for our lives, mm -hmm. which is the power of forgiveness for my life and the power to overcome. That is grace. And God is offering that grace to all of us. And what those people had in their time, they had a responsibility in their time. They had, they had a call in their time. And we have a call on this time as well. And, and, and that is to, to what the three angels message is. The yeah. three angels message and the seven day Adventist message is accompanied with a message of love of the everlasting gospel, but also a, because you cannot separate it of, mm -hmm. just, of judgment. Right. And in that message, we need to let the people know, hey, for all of this, there is something, but there is a quote in, in, in Christ Object Lessons, page 299, that says the people are worshiping false idols. People need to turn away from their false systems of worship. It says, we do this by not the denunciation of their idols, mm. but by showing them something better. And that's what we need to do as far as God's character and what that means for my life. It's showing them something better that following God is worth it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that, that his love is accompanied by truth, by justice, by mercy, by grace, that which gives me the power to, to forgive me and my sins and the power to overcome sin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I just want to add, um, you know, there's a there's a beautiful phrase that Jesus uses twice in Revelation chapter one, and he says, "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end." Right, and and I and I I bring that up because it it is the same Jesus consistently throughout mm -hmm. before he is in, before he becomes uh, incarnate, right, and, and is born of a woman and and grows up with us um, all the way back into eternity past. Uh, Jesus has always been there. And he has been the same. He never changes. In fact, there's a, a text in Psalms 102.27. I had it written down here uh, where David praises God and he says, but you are the same and your years will have no end. Um, I, I believe that by faith. I may not have all the answers. I believe that by faith. And so I want to encourage any, anybody that's watching us, um, especially our young people, because we struggle with these questions. Um, and and you know, we, we try to make sense of some of these things. Sometimes we can't. Uh, but I can tell you to, to risk your future on God and, and what the Bible says he is, right? Bank your future on God's love 
and you will not be disappointed. That is the whole call that Jesus makes, right? He's look, mm -hmm. uh, just, just follow me. Uh, let me carry your burdens, right? And I'm going to give you something even better, just like you said, Gio. Um, and, and we have questions, Andrew, right, about this issue of genocide and, and why would God do this? Why would God do that? Uh, but at the end, we keep going back to this idea that God is love. And how many opportunities does he have to give us? And I would say he's given us so many and he continues to do so. And today is another day of opportunity that you have to make your life right with God. And so, um, you know, we, we, de we definitely have to continue this conversation um, and, and, and we have to talk about free will because that is a huge part of this. Yeah. Uh, but at least for now, we do got to wrap it up. So I'm, I'm just going to say any, any last words from any of you super quick before we wrap this up. I just want to say thank you on, on my part. Thank you for, for the invite. It was, it was fun. I enjoy these conversations. And just to say, look, uh, um, just, just study the word, you know, to the youth that are watching us study, 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 look at it. Scripture is not afraid of our doubts. Scripture is not afraid. It gives us permission to question God. It, it gives us, per, but, but study it, look it out and look at with a, with a humble heart. Number one, look at scripture with a humble heart. And number two, uh, um, just, just approach God as what is he required us to love mercy right. and to walk humbly before our Lord. That's right. That's right. Amen. Anybody else? Any last words? Seek and you shall find. Mm. It's all in here. God doesn't change. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, I think that this, uh, I, I, I like this topic. So I think we all, we all do because they're all, you know, questions for our uh, questions to our faith and questions that strengthen our faith. And we'll never have all the answers, you know, I actually kind of, I want to do another part where we tackle each and every one of these. There's just so many, right. When we talk about, you know, uh, how do we deal with genocide? How do we deal, you know, does the Bible promote slavery, right? The moral law, right? Uh, some of these different things that we see. I think there's just so many things that we have that we, that we can go over, but uh, just wanted to read to you guys. I know, uh, I think uh, Jill uh, mentioned this verse just in, in closing in Psalms 103, eight through 10, it says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Mm. More than anything, God is love. That's his foundation. Right. And he deals with us more than justly. He gives us even uh, uh, more credit to our account than we should. And, mm. and ultimately, uh, that's the thought that I want us to, to, to stick with. You know, God is love and, and, and you know, ha he, he, he has an abundance of mercy for us. Yeah, absolutely. And then, it, and then if I can just finish up, um, he is slow to wrath. He is slow to wrath. That is not his first reaction. His first reaction is to give you many opportunities, but do not underestimate the wrath of God. It is real. And uh, at least for now, uh, we have the opportunity. We got to make things right. Well, um, again, we want to thank everybody. I, I see here there's a nomination to have Elias on the panel, I, I think, to that. ask all these questions. But I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I, I don't know if I have time to uh, do all the research that I need to do to be able to answer all those questions. But you know what, uh, Gio, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, well, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. I, I know you're busy. Um, and, and very quickly, uh, shout out to uh, Union Springs. Uh, uh, Union Springs Seventh Adventist Church, if, I'm, if right. I got the name right, uh, right, Auburn SDA. Look up the Facebook pages, like them. Okay, you guys are going to get content coming from Geo Geo's live streaming like pretty much every single day, so you will not miss out on stuff, man. I, hats off to you because you got a lot of energy to do that. Um, Black Sheep Productions as well. I've seen your guys's conversations. If you guys enjoyed this, you're going to enjoy that as well. 
Um, and, uh, and, you know, we're going to be praying for your ministry and hoping that everything goes well out there. Mm-hmm. But I am going to just, you will join us in the future though, right, Gio? Yes. <laughs> in the future. Okay. In the I'm, future. Just, just the make, just make it sure. Determined. It's confirmed. <laughs> just not determined. <laughs> time is not determined but in the future (laughs) i i got you no that but again we do appreciate the time and obviously jason andrew we appreciate it um we're gonna end with a word of prayer uh geo we're gonna give you the privilege there can you can you lead us with the final word of prayer here i'd love to dear father in heaven i thank you for this opportunity that you have given us father to tackle this question and ask the hard questions and and even maybe stumble in our answers but Father, we want to continue to trust in you. And, and Father, um, sometimes we're not m- meant to understand absolutely every little detail, but we know, Father, that you're a God that wants to reveal himself to every single person that's here with me in this panel and also for the people that are connected online, Father. I pray that you may help us in the study of your word, that we can come with a humble heart, uh, that we can love mercy, and that, Father, that we can truly understand what God's love means. Mm. Father, I pray that you fill us with your spirit. I pray for the youth uh, worldwide. I pray for the seven-day Adventist youth worldwide, Father. Uh, I pray that there should there be a, a great revival and reformation in our churches mm-hmm. and that we can come out of this situation even stronger as a church. And uh, Father, that we can wake up and know that Jesus is at the door. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Once again, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, We appreciate it. Gio, once again, uh, uh, we're going to be praying for you, your ministry, and your family. Uh, Jason, Andrew, thank you for the time. Um, And we want to remind you, we're still in quarantine. Keep washing those hands. You got to wear those masks. Make sure you you keep those six feet of distance. Was was it true? I saw a, a, a news line in California. They were rioting outside so they can get California back open again. And there was a yeah, whole lot of people that, just... They opened the gym up here. A hundred percent true. 3,000 people out in Huntington Beach. Uh, let me tell you, no Seth Day Venice, though. We're out there. At least, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I have <laughs> I <hope> no idea. <laughs> but, but look, hey, Lord's going to get us out of this, but keep doing your part. And wow. least, on behalf of us over here, uh, remember, things get tough. We got five words for you. Keep calm and Advent on. Keep looking to the second coming of Jesus. We'll see you guys next week. God bless. God bless.